Hey, Heat Nation. Welcome back to Heaters Gonna Heat, part of the OTG Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Kyle Russell, here to chat a little about our fifth NBA team, the Miami Heat. So, a little bit of a bum Saturday. Uh, it's whatever. So, Heat lost last night to still be up in the season series 2-1. But yeah, just a game where the offense for the Miami absolutely collapsed. And then, yeah, the Sixers took advantage of that. But going into Philadelphia for Game 3, we found out a little bit before tip-off that not only would Joel Embiid be there for the Philadelphia 76ers, but Kyle Lowry would also be there for the Miami Heat. So both squads at full health for the first time in however long you want to say, but going up against each other in Philadelphia. Again, remember the stakes here being Philly already being down 0-2. They go down 0-3. That's, you know, you're back to a corner. That's the death sentence. So all the momentum, all the energy, all the motivation on Philadelphia's side, and to their credit, they used that to secure a win um, in part because of their defense, and then the other part, just Miami could not make any shots. But bust through the recap real quick. Yeah, big highlight as well could be Embiid returned to give the Sixers an energy boost. The crowd was really loud, really into it, all all that good stuff for, for going into an opponent's arena. It's still fun, at least, I think. But recap itself, though, Heat fell down 10 early on as they literally could not break, you know, double-digit points, 10 points, until about two and a half minutes left in the first. And yet, they were only down, like, from that, despite only breaking 10 within a two and a half minutes, they were still only down 4, 17 to 21, going into the second. So... Bad offensive start, but not like the Heat were out of it. As the second got underway, though, the Sixers opened up on a 9-0 run to put themselves up double digits. The Heat chipped away at it, cut it down to around 5, but eventually it settled, the Heat being down 7, 34-41 at halftime. Which, on the one hand, you know, 34 points and a half, it's one of those things where the Heat have scored 34 points in a quarter. So, doing it in a half exemplifies how bad the offense was, but on the flip side... The Sixers only scored 41 points in their half, so it's not like the not like this game was out of hand at all. Only down seven going into halftime. That's a winnable game. And as the third opened up, the Sixers again opened up on a run, this time a 7-0 run to go up 14 before eventually the Heat went on a 13-0 run of their own to cut their deficit down to one. Eventually, they tied the game at 57 apiece. And then the Sixers were able to pull just a little bit ahead, heat down 65-68 to go into the fourth. But same thing there, right? So so 34 points in the first half and 31 points in the third quarter. Miami almost doubled their score for the game in one quarter, which to, I guess you could say, like, all right, see, they righted the ship kind of thing. Philly, to their credit, was it were started to knock down threes as well. That's how they were able to keep the lead. But again, like, despite all the offensive problems that were happening up to that point, the Heat were only down three going into the fourth quarter. Still a close, winnable game. And then, yeah, the fourth quarter happened. <laughs> uh, the Sixers, again, for, for the third quarter in a row, opened things up on a run, starting the fourth on a 7-0 run that helped them build a little bit of cushion. The Heat never really got any closer than that. The offense completely collapsed. That was the worst quarter that they had. And, the, yeah... By the end of the game, it was pretty far out of hand. He ended up losing 79-99. to 99. But yeah, so 17-point first quarter, 17-point second quarter. Yeah, so we got the 34. And then 31-point third quarter, but then a 14-point fourth quarter. So that's what I mean when I say the offense. Like, it collapsed at parts throughout the game, 
But then the fourth quarter was when it really just kind of fell off a cliff, and that was out of hand. So congratulations to Philadelphia. You all avoided the sweep and at least the 0-3 hole for now. Um, But yeah, big takeaways from the game. I really only have two major takeaways this time. I just run a little bit short on time today, but... The first big one, obviously, absolutely garbage offense by the Miami Heat, with the lone exception of Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler still did a good job. 33 points on 12 of 22 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3. So, okay, so maybe that, maybe that part wasn't as good. But 8 of 10 from the free throw line and 14 points in the third quarter specifically to help. Again, well, you know, we tied the game at one point. We had the tie. We were only down three going into the fourth, in large part because of what Jimmy Butler was doing in the third. He's still, like, the lift on some of the threes still look off, so I'm, I'm concerned about, you know, his legs essentially, whether it's a, the knee inflammation or maybe he's had ankle problems in the past. Regardless of what it is, it looks like it's affecting his lift, which in turn affects his jumper, especially from three. But I'm not going to complain too much when he dropped 33. And, yeah, one of only two players to score double-digit points for Miami this game. The other one, Tyler Hero, who I, I still say had a bad game. Uh, though he did get double-digit points, 15 points, really inefficient, 5 of 15 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, uh, and just not quite having that impact. I mean, I, I've said this pretty much every pod for the, for this series, but you know Tyler Hero has to produce on the offensive end at efficient levels to make up for the defensive concerns. But I can't be too mad when he's the only other player that scores double-digit points. Uh, if I really want to be mad at somebody, I'm going to be mad at, um, man, I, I can't even be mad at Kyle Lowry, actually, because uh, he was his first game back. Though he was awful in this first game back, 0-4 from the field, 0-2 from three, no free throws, and though it is one game, and this offensive rating can skew drastically in one game, he still finished with an offensive rating of 47, which is really, really hard to do in one game. Like, you just have to be especially bad. But it looked like he still had to knock some rust off, trying to get a rhythm. He didn't really have any of that going all game. I mean, it made sense that he ended up, uh, he only played a few minutes into the fourth before he got benched for the rest of the quarter just to try to see if Miami could go with something else like Oladipo and Hero. Um, It didn't work, obviously. But I guess just to say here that Kyle Lowry had a bad first game back, but... That's a little bit unexpected considering he was out for almost two weeks. And now you just got to hope that he can develop a rhythm and come back uh, for game four. But the one I would say had a bad game that that I'm disappointed in, Bam Adebayo, just way too passive with an injured Joel Embiid on the floor. Like, I understand injured Embiid is still better than DeAndre Jordan or Paul Reed or or Paul Nelsop, whoever they were trying to throw out at center. But still, like... Bam Adebayo is a max player, and part of the responsibility of being a max player is to try to produce on both ends, regardless of the circumstances or who your matchup is. Like I, I am repeatedly of the belief that the uh, the biggest thing for the Heat ceiling is not so much things like Tyler Hero's shooting or Duncan Robinson shooting. It's the play of Bam. Again, Defensive end, no concerns. It's always about what he can do on the offensive end. That's going to be Miami's ceiling because he is their biggest, fastest, most athletic. Like, if Bam, like, if you took, I always thought, like, if you took Jimmy Butler's brain and put into Bam out of Iowa's body, that's a consistently all NBA level player to me. But, was not this game, though. 
Um, nine points, three rebounds, one assist on two and nine from the field, five of eight from the free throw line. Oh, and picked up four fouls in the fourth quarter that helped Philly get into the bonus. And then from there, the Heat couldn't quite be as aggressive with their defense because, well, they'd send them to the line afterwards. There was a particular moment that stood out to me, you know, deep into that fourth quarter when the game was already kind of out of hand. And Bam Adebayo just, like, literally put his head down and went right at Embiid and drew a foul and made it look pretty easy. And it's like, yes, that. Just do that. (laughs) Every single possession that you can, go at Embiid. He is injured. He is not in good conditioning right now because he couldn't do anything for about a week. Though that's going to change as as the series, if it continues on. But just attack Embiid. Take advantage of it. Get him in foul trouble. Make him have to worry about what he's doing on the defensive end or if he's going to get or if the Heat are going to draw a charge on him on the offensive end. Put the pressure on Embiid. That's Bam's responsibility. That's his assignments. And then, yeah, on the defensive end, continue to do Bam things. Switch out in the perimeter, crush him there. Or if, you have to, if he has to stay on Embiid, just try not to fall for the fouls. Force him, force him to shoot. He's got a torn ligament in the thumb. He's got a face mask on. He had a concussion. All that good stuff. Like, if if he can get the jumper going, great. But wall him off from the paint and keep him off the free throw line. But yeah, I wanted to focus on those four players in specific just because of their offensive responsibilities. Jimmy did his job. Uh, Hero did not have his efficiency. Lowry was a non-factor, but in a game that he came back. And Bam had a really passive game against an you know, an injured assignment that he should have gone more aggressively at, I think. Um, other big takeaway, though, Heat defense was still there, even with Embiid. So, like, point in case, they still did not score 100 points in this game. They finished at 99. They had 41, sorry, 21 points going into the second, 41 points going into the third, 68 points going into the fourth, and then it wasn't until that fourth quarter when everything started to get out of hand that the Sixers had their best offensive night. Point there being, though, is though the Heat offense was garbage, their defense was still there and kept them in the game until you know things got out of hand in the fourth. But Joel Embiid, 18 points on an inefficient 5 of 12 from the field, 8 of 10 from the free throw line in 36 minutes. Which, side note, uh, Doc Rivers, I remember before the game, said that Embiid would be on a minutes restriction, and he played 36 minutes because they kept getting blown out whenever he was on the court. So I'm guessing what minutes restriction means is less than 48. Shrug, whatever. Um, he looked gassed by the end, so that could be something he could take advantage of. But yeah, Embiid, eight, only 18 points, didn't break 20. James Harden, 17 points on 4 of 11 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, uh, played 38 minutes himself. Tobias Harris did not crack double-digit points and was inefficient in the shooting that he had. So yeah, right there, Embiid inefficient, but he's come back from energy, kind of kind of expect that. But I don't think that's going to get any better because it's not like his orbital bone is going to heal up within two days. James Harden, again inefficient, made a good did a good job playmaking this game, but still inefficient offensively because the Trey Young defense that Miami threw, is throwing at him is working to great effect. What saved the Sixers' offense this game was Tyrese Maxey and Danny Green, which I know as soon as I say Danny Green... A lot of the older Heat fans get the flashbacks to 2014. I mean, I, I I watched that series. I remember it as well. I was getting I was getting like a little nervous in my seat, whatever. But anyway, Tyrese Maxey, five of six from three. Danny Green, seven of nine from three. 
That was where... Oh, yeah, and they tied for a team-high 21 points for the Sixers. But, yeah, those two hot shooting, that's what kept the Sixers' offense going until eventually blowing out in the fourth. Other than that, like the Heat defense still put the clamps on them. And sure, you know, it could be something next game. Like, maybe next game is actually the game that James Harden, like, goes off or Embiid starts to recover and, and can just get a parade line to the free throw line or whatever. But... We, you can't always count that something else is going to happen. And at the very least, I feel really confident that Maxie and Green are not going to go so insanely hot from three. So that was my second major observation. Uh, just some quick closing observations before we head on out. Uh, first off, the Heat, again, only went nine deep. So what they instead did was they cut out Duncan Robinson and Caleb Martin. So that was going to be the big question of if Kyle Lowry was going to play, whose minutes would have to be sacrificed a lot like I was looking at Oladipo or Vincent or some combination of that. It ended up being Martin though, so he got cut out. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they could try to roll him out in Game Four. Maybe if they try to do some small ball lines with PJ Tucker. That part I'm not sure. It may, it may actually depend more upon what they need to do to keep the defense against Joel Embiid and James Harden. But the other observation: uh, half of these Sixers shot attempts were from three, of which. They went 16 of 33. That's good for 49%. So that, like, that's not sustainable. <laughs> kind of like what we saw with the Heat, right? You said 48% for the Heat wasn't unsustainable. 49% for the Sixers is not going to be sustainable. It wasn't sustainable for the Heat because they went 7 of 30, good for 23%. And then I already touched on some of the, the shooters, but just to finish up the shooting part, Max Juice, 3 of 11, started to get it going in the third quarter, but yeah, still finished up pretty inefficient, 3 of 11. Victor Oladipo, not too bad, 1 of 2, and then Dwayne Dedman, 0 for 1. So one way that you could phrase this game is the Sixers shot 48%, the Heat shot 23%. There's a little more to dive into that from the perspective of, like, they were the Sixers were contesting a lot of the Heat shots well, and then conversely, the Heat were contesting a lot of the Sixers shots well. And it was just a case where the Sixers, like, they were making those contested shots and their wide open ones, and the Heat were not. But another positive to take away, Heat still won their turnover battle and the offensive boards to get second chances. They were up 10 on field goal attempts over the Sixers. They, again, just shot poorly. So... I don't want to. I don't want to completely say like 100%. It was the Heat just not making shots. I would probably put it something more at about 70, 30, 60, 40. Like 70, 70 or 60%. The Heat just not making shots, and then 30 to 40%. Like the Sixers playing really inspired defense. Because again, if they didn't, they had an 0-3 hole staring them in the face. That's all for the closing observations part. So let's just look ahead real quick. Game four will be on Sunday. Like, overall for this series, I I am not at the point where I am worried. I mean, this is what a team should do. So, again, like, let, let's, let's stack it all up, right? So, you go in to the opponent's arena for Game 3. You're already up 2-0. They have all the motivation to avoid the 0-3 hole. They got their best player back. They're in front of the home crowd. They have all the motivation. And they win Game 3. It's kind of what should happen. I mean, we saw the similar thing in the Hawks series, where the Hawks played their best game in Game 3 just to avoid, again, that same 0-3 hole. And then what happened? He blew them out in 4, took care of everything in 5, and then that was a wrap. And juxtaposition this to here, right? He took care of everything at home, 
They go into game three. It was close until that fourth quarter when, it, when that's when things started to slip away. But still close throughout the game, regardless of the terrible offense Miami was having. They end up dropping it. Congratulations, Sixers get their win. And then you got game four in front of you. Win game four, go home for game five, finish it. You can finish it off there, heat and five. The pressure is on Miami a little bit. Like, they legitimately got socked in the mouth, but they got Eric Spolstra. I am completely confident that they're going to be doing film all day today, working on some things, and then they're going to come out with a better offensive game plan tomorrow, and then that might be about all they need. So, yeah, Sunday night will be that game. Uh, I'll be releasing a recap of that pod on Monday. But that'll be all for this episode. Please be sure to follow the pod off Twitter at Heaters Heating or myself at KBR Heat Nation. Also check out the other great pods we have off of Twitter at OTG Basketball. I'll be back on Monday. Until then, hope you all have a good one, Heat Nation.